This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Borkowski, and I'm so excited Brianne is back. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) If I had an applause track, I would play it, but I'm just not that sophisticated. Oh, maybe next season you can get some I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I need to get a mixer for that or something. So, oh, I'm so excited. So as I shared in the introduction to the spring portion of the season three, um, Brian and I were going to talk a little bit today about um, coaching, parenting, and then remember in, in the previous episode, if you haven't watched it, listened to it yet, watched it, what's that? Listen to it yet, <laughs> check it out. But I talked about integration. And before I hit the record button with Brianne, I said, I feel like that might be the theme of the spring is integration. So it's coaching, parenting, and then how do you, what happens when you mush those two things together? And so, um, just a reminder, as I've said previously, um, I have gone through five co- coaching classes and been doing some coaching both in my professional context and also um, with some private clients. And as I said in the intro, just just love, love, loving that whole experience of of learning how to coach, learning about coaching and then doing the coaching. And I'm super excited. I feel like I kind of talked Brianne into it. I don't know. I, I don't know if cajole <laughs> is the right word, but I convinced her. I brought my literature and my my proposal <laughs> and convinced Brianne to also take um, one of the coaching classes. So I'll I'll let uh, Brianne talk a little bit about her experience on that. What, what did you think, Brianne? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess talked me into it, but more just you were talking it up so much that it was mm. hard to resist because it was like this course that was all about the things that we love to do and to talk about to sort of do a deeper dive into that. So I did take the first course and I anticipate at some point I'll take the rest of the series. Um, I found the course hard. I mean, it was really fascinating. I love learning the tools and I've used them so much. And I would say, I mean, I don't coach the way you coach, but one of the things that the teacher of the program named Jen, um, who's been on your podcast yeah. before. Mm-hmm. One of the things that she says is that you can show up coach-like in a mm-hmm. lot of your interactions. And that is something that I absolutely have done. And that's been a significant change sort of in the way I approach like teaching, advising, and as we'll talk about today, um, parenting. Yeah. I love that. I appreciate that reminder that, that, it, that you don't have to be in sort of an official capacity as a coach to show up as a coach. Cause at the end of the day, if you look at some of the skills and we'll talk about these during the, the episode, it's really about, um, you know, staying present, staying unattached, active listening and asking really, really good questions. Right. I mean, that's yeah. sort of showing up coach like. And so 
So, you know, so we've given you sort of a taste of coaching and I feel like you've, if you haven't yet listened to the um, summer of coaching series, please go back and listen to at least a few of those episodes. There's some great individuals that I had a chance to talk with and also really learn with through my, my own um, coaching classes. So I feel like you have, hopefully our audience has a pretty good idea, Brianne, of what coaching is about. Um, I wanted to sort of start us off because remember at the end of the day, we're going to try to integrate this idea of parenting and coaching from, from a couple of different levels. And so Brianne, I'm, I'm curious, like when you think about parenting without sort of the coaching, right. Showing up coach, like, like what's that look like? Like, where does that, you know, what does it look like for someone who doesn't know what coaching is? Like, what do you, what do you think is going on there? Um, you mean like, how do we parent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about that. Like, so where does, obviously we don't go to school, right. To yeah. be parents. So like what, what's, where's that come from? I mean, I think it probably comes from different people from different places for different people. For me, it definitely comes from how I was parented. Yeah. Um, I think my go-to is like just how I was raised. And I don't consciously think what would my parents have done in this situation? But what I do find is that I instinctively Mm. do things and I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) my mom (laughs) definitely would have done that. And most of the time that's great because most of the time I'm I'm pretty happy with how that went. Um, And other times I'm like, Ooh, I think I want to take an opportunity to do things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, so my, I think my playbook, so to speak, mm. it was written already. Like it was written by my parents. Um, and I think that I'm very fortunate to want to emulate a lot of mm. how I was raised and my husband and I were raised similarly and he feels that way as well. So I think we both kind of bring those playbooks that mm-hmm. are pretty closely aligned to our parenting and to our kids. Um, and what I've been really intentional about, and we'll get into it more is being open and like pausing in moments Mm -hmm. to try to think differently about how I would like to respond, not just acting so quickly on my kind of gut instinct because of how I've been raised. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I would say similarly, and I know my mom listens to the podcast and (laughs) I will say that um, certainly many of my instincts for parenting come from my own, you know, upbringing and her sort of, I guess that was sort of my, my teach, my learning, right. Was that this, the sort of training. Um, and I do think you're right. I think we, we also try to put our own spin on, right. Like what we learned. And then you sort of add your style, if you will, to that. And I've also, you know, I wonder if you've had the same experience, Brianne, in, in speaking to my own mom as an adult, you know, and reflecting on her experiences, parenting me, you know, not surprisingly, she has takeaways and ideas of things she may have done differently or done more of or done less of. And so I've actually also benefited from her ability to reflect on those moments. And then, you know, even though instinctually I might want to do something one way, I might say, Ooh, remember what, what mom said about that. Right. And, and maybe try it a different way. So, um, one thing my mom said, and I know when she listens, she'll laugh. She has said to me, that there were times where she wished she hadn't taken things so seriously that she was, you know, I mean, we are both very type A and we have a schedule, we have a routine. And and she said that sometimes she just wished. And so I try, I'm not great at it. I'm still who I am. Um, But I do try to sort of, you know, step back for a moment and, and, and take that sort of wisdom that my mom has, has managed to, to reflect on over the years. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, certainly agree. I've had similar conversations with my parents. One of the things I would say to that also is that your mom has the benefit of looking in the mirror at this point, right? So (laughs) 
I wish I hadn't taken things so seriously when my kids were two and three. Mm. Like I remember you talked about and wrote about in your book. Um, I think it was Colby and the bottle or something like that. Like, and your oh, grandmother yes. said he's basically <laughs> not going to go to college with a bottle. But when you're in that toddler zone, first of all, you're not sleeping. So you're like, you know, not thinking rationally, yeah. but that's your world. It's like yes. the developmental milestones are the world around you at that time. And that's it's so, so hard to think bigger and, and just have yeah. that like benefit of, of retrospection. So I think your mom has that now, yeah. which is great. And the fact yeah. that she's willing to reflect, I think may hopefully like inspire you to reflect in the moment a little bit more yeah. and try to get out of, it's just so hard for us to get out of the context that we live in. I think it's Absolutely. That's human nature. Absolutely. And, and being a parent of twins, not to take anything away from parents of any other sort of, um, <laughs> you know, combination of children or single children, um, sleep deprivation is, is real and it really messes with you. So I appreciated you mentioning the, the fatigue factor. Cause that's definitely a variable. I, I wonder, you know, and I, I know this wasn't sort of part of the, the podcast, um, topic, but I wonder when you said developmental milestones, something that came to me was, I also think for better and for worse, my lens as an educator has strongly influenced my parenting. If you ask Susan, um, my, my spouse about this, there were times where I was like overly worried about things that I shouldn't have been worried about because I'm looking for these particular developmental markers that I've read about. In, and so I'm just wondering, have you had that experience as an educator? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like blushing right now, um, more as a speech pathologist than as an mm. educator, but I was like, okay, I cannot have kids with speech issues because this is what I do professionally. <laughs> so long before it was developmentally appropriate, I had both of my kids in speech therapy with a friend of mine. And she's like, you know, that they don't need this yet. I'm like, let's just get ahead of it. Let's, let's be, let's get ahead. We're going to be proactive. So these poor kids are doing like all sorts of drills and things with their tongues to prevent <laughs> Oh God, it was very funny. Um, oh my goodness. So yes, I completely understand and can relate to that. And Jason's like, that's your wheelhouse. I know nothing <laughs> about any of that. So you do what you think is right. I'm like, I think this is right. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, that, that That's so funny. Yeah. And I know, of course, we both, um, you know, also really grateful that we, we both have, and, and that we've, we've seen overlap in, in some of the podcast episodes. We have sort of, you know, other parents, right. That we share stories oh, with yeah. and we swap stories with and, and, you know, are often relieved that the same thing in a similar way is happening in that household. And it's not just me who's <laughs> being, you know, yep. in that moment. So I remember, um, you know, when your friends, um, came on last year and talked about their experiences. So I feel like, um, that's always helpful to have other parents to, to speak to. How about you? It really is a hundred percent. And I mean, Tina has seven children and she's just, as you know, from speaking with her, just remarkably calm and kind of level-headed. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of us think, what would Tina do in this situation? And <laughs> it's mostly not, not what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I aspire to do more of what she does. So it's so great to have just other parents who are experiencing the same thing. And also I really love having friends who have kids who are just a little bit older than mine. Mm. And I'm always like, ah, oh, thank you for doing that first, because then you can share all your wisdom about navigating various transitions and things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why do you think we're friends, Brianne? Your, your girls are just a little <laughs> bit older than mine. So I feel like I'm, I'm getting to learn firsthand. <laughs> Well, yeah. So there's that. And then there's the professional piece where you're helping me. So, you know, there's <laughs> give and take, give and take. Always, yeah, it's so. yeah. Yeah. So, so we're just to sort of recap. So we're thinking about 
you know, our own experiences as kids, our experiences with our parents as adults talking about this. So we have their sort of part intuition, part um, shaping it to fit our own personalities, right? As we do, we sort of make it our own. We have resources, maybe professionally in our case, you know, both speech and then also just education in general. And then of course we have these great resources in our communities that, you know, parents and, and otherwise that take all shapes and sizes. And what I find really interesting is when you sort of sprinkle in, as Jen says, the coach-like approach, right? And I feel like we're going to give Jen lots of attribution today because the other thing I always <laughs> remember Jen saying is she started doing what she calls scoaching. Yes, I said scoaching <laughs> with an S and that means self-coaching. And so when you put those things together, it's pretty magical at least. And I know that sounds... Um, I don't know, hyperbolic and cheesy, but I actually believe that sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I have these aha moments. And so if you think about parenting, what we just talked about, the sources of the information, the skills that we we build, and then you think about coaching, which includes things like powerful questions, noticing um, a form of reflection, and of course, the learning, and you put those together I don't know, Brianne, what, what happens for you when we start to do those kinds of things? Um, a couple of things. I think, first of all, there's some quiet. So there's, I just stop with that sort of need to have an answer right away. It, it allows for some space. And I mean, I think the idea of asking powerful questions and then waiting and believing in my heart that the person I'm asking the questions to, whether it's my kids or, you know, in this case, we're talking about parenting. So my daughters, that they really do have the answers in there somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they don't know everything because they're, no one knows everything and yeah. we have things to teach them. But a lot of times we together can arrive at something that feels more mutual and feels more right to them than mm-hmm. had I just imposed what I thought. Um, yeah. And that really comes from the questions because if they knew the answers, they would have gone right there, right? We all need to be asked these questions and given the space to process and Mm. reflect a little bit. And so making that a little more habitual has been Mm. just such a game changer, I think, in the way we interact. Mm. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but you just said two words um, that are great foreshadowing of two topics I was just going to bring out. So it's really cool that you said that. So (laughs) what I'm hearing you say, and I kind of wanted to check in is, part of, you know, the showing up coach, like gives you time. It gives you like that, that time and space to process, to be present. Right. Um, and the other thing you said you alluded to was habits, right? Because when we talked about, um, you know, our instincts and what we learn from our professional training and expertise and experience, what we're really talking about is our habits, right? Like the routines that we establish, whether it's based on our own upbringing or whether it's based on literature that we've read about. So it's interesting to me that perhaps coaching, you know, putting parenting and coaching together influences habits. So I just want the audience to sort of, you know, in, in the spirit of my book, Brianne, yeah. <laughs> noticing and naming, um, <clears throat> I wanted to really call out like that, that buying you some time and also building new habits. The other thing I wanted to to mention before we dig into some, because I know we have some examples and strategies, which I'm super excited to talk to you about is when we're talking about parenting and coaching, it there's 
multiple dimensions to this, right? Because it can be showing up coach, like for your child. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can also be, again, going back to this coaching, it's showing up coach, like for yourself, either in the moment or maybe, you know, after the moment. So like, you know, we've talked in other episodes, Brianne, about reflection. I almost feel like coaching is a really specific form of reflection with really specific set of tools. Right. So now it's not just, I don't know about you, Brianne, but like often my reflections before coaching was, am I doing this right? am I a bad parent? <laughs> like, Right. Like self-doubt and oh, yeah. questioning and wondering. And so now with the coaching skills, I have a set of questions that I'm forming habits around asking myself, right. And checking in. So, so it's, it's both from a parent to child and also parent, you know, maybe parent to parent. I don't mean, I don't know if you and Jay, if you do any of that with Jason, I definitely do with Susan. I don't know if she knows it all the time, but I do. (laughs) And then I do some scoaching. So just to, just to sort of clear that up. So you mentioned, I want to, I don't want to lose this. You mentioned quiet, which Mm -hmm. I love because as you know, one of the key skills of coaching is learning to stay right. This idea, just like the wait time. So I don't know, do you, can you, you know, without obviously giving us the details, do you have like an example of that you could share either, either self-coaching or parent to child coaching where you, you felt like that has happened and worked? Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I think what time does is it, it encourages us to stay right. Like you said, and I think it just models the fact that there isn't always a quick answer and that that's okay. Mm, yes. Um, so sort of permitting that reflection and thought. I mean, the biggest example that mm-hmm. I have, and I'll just explain it briefly, was when our older daughter decided to stop playing lacrosse, which, mm. you know, is something that your mom with her wisdom now might be like, you know, and even my parents were like, okay, you know, it just yeah. doesn't seem like that huge <laughs> of a deal, but it it is yeah. and it, it was and continues to be because that was her world um, yeah. socially and athletically and all this stuff. There was a lot of stuff that went down with, with coaching. There were a lot of reasons mm-hmm. why she ultimately decided not to play, but um, I asked a lot of powerful questions in that time. And I gave her <clears throat> time to reflect because she, like me, is not a quick on your feet thinker, right? Mm-hmm. So she would likes to process and then we'll come back to you with this really kind of thoughtful mm-hmm. assessment of what's going on. Whereas my husband tends to be like really quick in the moment he can come up with it faster. So yeah. she benefited from me asking questions about what mm-hmm. was really going on and why did she really want to quit? Um, because at the same time as I'm trying to give her this time to process and think and be mature and reflective, she was it's also 14. Yeah. So all the things that are really important to somebody who's 14 <laughs> were like in full force there, which is oh, what are her yeah. friends doing? which team are the friends on, you know, I mean, there's so much and that all that stuff is very real. Yeah. Um, so that whole thing was absolutely an example of me asking her questions, giving her time and time could have been a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was days. Yeah. Like, we're just going to let this sit. And we, I literally said, we're not going to talk about it until Saturday. Mm-hmm. So just take it, just take it and go. Yeah. And we just kind of carried on. And then on Saturday, I would say like, I want to circle back. Where are Mm -hmm. you with this? What are you thinking about? How is it going? You know, um, and we found ultimately that that process really helped us and her to come to a decision that I think was the right one, which was she was going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So time really, really helped us there. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I wasn't there, obviously. I remember some conversations and just thinking, 
I, you know, I know you're reading Atlas of the Heart and, you know, Brene Brown is really bringing language to specific emotions. And I really was in awe of you and Jason at that moment um, because I think it was really, I know you were upset and, and she was upset and Jason was upset and yet you were doing this great thing, you know, with your daughter. And I think um, the cool thing to me is that like, not only were you, you know, doing the coaching, but you were just building new habits for yourself and for your daughter, right. That it was going to be um, that I'm sure she's going to call on, even if, at, even in the moment she, if she couldn't sort of intentionally be like, this thing is going on, she's going to reflect on that at some point and be like, I'm just going to slow down. Like mom and dad had me slow down in that hard decision. Right. And I just thought, um, yeah, I, I, I was so grateful to have sort of been pulled into the loop a little bit, just of what was going on. Cause it was really, um, it was really cool. I, I really appreciated that. So, uh, well, thank you. I mean, you know, that that was just such a hard, just such a hard time. It was like, oh, it was so gut-wrenching for so yeah. many reasons. So, yeah. and yeah. I felt in the spirit of integration, like, you know, it was happening at a time that I felt like I had the tools to manage it. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying I, but it's really we, like my husband and I, yeah. and the tools being, you know, some coaching and some conversation and some friends like you who, I mean, you were really a, a phenomenal athlete, like all the way through. Right. So like you really got it. Yeah. from, you know, the team standpoint and the sports standpoint. Yeah. Um, and then my, my friends here who were in it in terms of the, like the personnel, like they knew exactly sort of right, the players right. and, and what was going on. Right. So, so grateful to have all of that. Cause I felt like I was drawing, tapping into like everything that we've talked about so far <laughs> to manage, yeah. to manage that experience. So yeah. thank Absolutely. you. I mean, you guys were, were a huge support and definitely listened to a lot of, a lot of questioning and discerning about next steps. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a hard experience and a really valuable one, I think. So, um, yeah. And you know what, what's interesting is that it, it continues. I mean, she's satisfied with her decision, mm. but as we roll into spring lacrosse season here in Maryland, she's like, Oh, it's just so hard to watch everybody mm -hmm. going to tryouts and everybody <laughs> doing all this. And so I've been really trying to focus on, you know, the, the yes. And like, it is hard and like to get there and to be with her yeah. And to give her the time yeah, and say, and you've got this other thing. That's great. That's right. It's both of those things. Like that's it's, right. it really is both. Um, absolutely. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The other thing when, so when we wrote down, when you were saying quiet and we talked about stay and you mentioned powerful questions mm -hmm. and all implicit to this process is some, some big listening going on, right? Lots and lots of listening. And the other word that I wrote down, cause at least for me, um, you know, I, I said initially that my reflection on parenting sometimes was, am I doing this right? No, I can't be doing this right. I'm probably the worst parent in the world <laughs> kind of thing. Not always, but occasionally. I think the other thing that coaching has helped me do is make some room for grace, um, make room for grace for both, you know, my spouse, my kids and for myself, right? That if you're willing to, to pause and ask some questions, it often illuminates something that makes you realize, ah, oh, yeah, you need to just like give yourself a break in this moment. Right. And like give, give yeah. your son or your daughter or whomever a break in that moment. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious if you had experiences with that. Yeah. I think it all, you know, all these words are coming together in my mind. Well, first of all, let me just say that I can't imagine ever meeting a parent who hasn't thought 
somewhat regularly that they're doing this wrong, <laughs> that they're the worst parent ever. So yeah. <laughs> just you're in good company there. But yeah. <laughs> I think that the, the pause and the reflection and the kind of the deliberate inclusion of that in our world has allowed for kind of a permitted revision. Like it's allowed mm-hmm. for flexibility and for us to say like, you know what? And I say this regularly and I, I don't think I was ever told this growing up and that's a change that I've deliberately wanted to make. But if I snap, which I do, um, you know, so often it's not about whatever the thing is. It's because I've got all these other things on my mind. Now I will go back and be like, I didn't mean to talk to you like that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't you. That was all these other things that are going on that I have or have not shared with you, but work or whatever. Mm. And like, that wasn't cool, you know? Yeah. And that you don't have to get it right. And you don't have to just like sit with that discomfort of like, Ugh, I don't like how I handled that Then mm. share that, like yeah. be open and be like, could we yeah. redo that? Or just apologize and, and own it. And I've, what I've seen is that my kids are doing that, mm. you know, because that's awesome. My elder one is 15 and in every sense of the word. Right. And so she's got a lot going on with real quick responses that sometimes she regrets, but now she, sometimes I'm like, really with that? And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, but she never would have said that before. You know? So I feel like we're, that's cool. We're making some progress and we're moving into the, the, the quote that we wanted to share. Um, yeah, but no, 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 um, go ahead. It was, it was in one of Brene Brown's episodes. I wish I could remember who said it to give attribution, but it's not ours. It's, it's from somewhere on, yeah, on one yeah. of her podcasts. Um, but it's learning to be the adult that you want your kids to be, that that's mm-hmm. our goal. Yeah. Um, and so modeling that, and it's all yeah. about modeling and, you know, kind of calling ourselves to the table and, and to do this kind of thing, which is where the scoaching comes in. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, that's why I keep coming. I mean, I've, I've, I've recently really loved the word integration for all sorts of reasons. And I keep coming back to that word integration. Cause when I I'm looking at you on zoom and listening to you speak, that's the word that keeps coming up for me. Yep. You're, you're integrating, right? Like this idea, this, you said, um, permissible revisions, like what a great phrase, right? Cause that's really, you know, Brene Brown talks about wholeheartedness, right. And bringing your whole self. And that means being authentic and, in the moment it is what it is. And you say that you make a mistake. Right. And you, and you do that. And I do the same thing. And I, and I often wonder, and I haven't asked my mom this, um, and maybe I will now that we're recording this podcast, I often wonder as an adult, if my parents felt a whole hell of a lot of pressure being parents. And what I mean by that is it wasn't until I became an adult that I, a young adult that I really saw my parents as something other than parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's easy to forget. And, I, and this could be true in any context, right? The leader, the president, the minister, the, you name the role, we forget that that person is a person, right. With all the sort of thoughts and feelings. And so I think what coaching has helped me do, and it sounds like you too, is find a set of tools to tap into and articulate that wholeness that we're so desperate to display outwardly. Right. Cause now I ask myself powerful questions and then I go back to Colby or I go back to Henry or, or all of them and say, Mimi screwed up. She was having a bad day. I just said this recently to Colby. 
I was having a really bad day. I had too many meetings. That thing happened. I fussed at you. I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. And then we sit on his bed. We talk about it and then we move on. And uh, my, our kids are yo younger than yours. And and I still see I'm starting to see evidence of them being able to say, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like that was I shouldn't have said that. Right. Like they they're sort of starting to model what we do. And I and I do I, the the more you and I talk the more I'm recognizing that like, again, coaching is another form of reflection and it's a really specific set of tools with a specific set of language that helps us to show up as our whole selves. Right. And that's, I mean, you and I have read Parker Palmer, we've read Renee Brown, we've read bell hooks and, and that's what they're all speaking about in different ways with different words, but like showing up, you know, having, I think Parker Palmer talks about aligning the external and the internal, right? So that whatever you're displaying outwardly is what you're feeling inwardly. Um, so yeah, that's what came up for me when I was listening to you. Yeah. I think there's so much to everything you said. And, and one thing I want to add is that I think coaching and, and every author that you just named, they help me to realize that there's wisdom in each person that we can't always identify on our own. Mm. Um, we're all so stuck in the, in the minutia of the day, right. And, and everything. And it's, and even when you, you are taking some time to just sit, it, I find it, I mean, scoaching is, is valuable, but I find it so helpful or, and to work with somebody else and to have somebody else ask those questions. Yeah. And I see that with the girls as they get older <laughs> and like asking questions and giving them some space and letting them form some arguments or take a position like you've got a lot in there. We just need to mm -hmm. give you the language and language is something that you and I've talked a lot about lately. Yeah. And it's, it's just so helpful to, mm -hmm. to use your words, to notice, and then to have the words to name mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that, one thing that coaching helped me do. And I mean, the list of powerful questions on page 30 of our guide, <laughs> that is out for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I have it. I have it like right here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, I think, and going back to, we've talked a lot about time and quiet and stay and space. And I don't want to lose that thread of habits because I think oh, yeah. under, underneath all of this, we're forming new habits, right? By, by virtue of going through the reflective practice, by asking powerful questions, by making space, by apologizing, where those revisions that you talked about, permissible revisions, are slowly creating new habits, right? Eroding old habits into new habits. And so, um, yeah, I would agree with you because I think as valuable of, of sources of information as my own experience as a kid, my friends, the literature, um, we're limited by our language and our experiences and our, mm -hmm. and our own expectations, right? That we, what we think. And so like when Colby comes to me so excited because he wants to do swim team. I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. But like, if you had asked me five years ago, if my kid would be on swim team, I would have been like, no, he's going to play soccer. He's going to play baseball. It's like, cause I was a ball sport person. Right. I played sports that had balls in them. Like it would never, and I know you were a rower. So <clears throat> this is maybe not as foreign to you as it is to me, mm -hmm. but like just the, like, I don't know if I mean, I'd like to think I would have been open to this five years ago, but I think I would have had a different initial reaction, right? That like I'm learning to, to sort of wait 
and think for a moment, like if your first reaction is not great, what, what is that about? Like, is that really about that circumstance or is that about you? Is that your story? So, and I'm not saying I was very happy that Colby wanted to do swimming. That's not what I'm saying here, but I think that these new habits of pausing and noticing our own reaction and interrogating that, that alone, that exercise alone, I can confidently say is a new habit of mine and has had, and I don't use this word very often and Brienne knows it, has had huge impact on me, like just the way that I show up in the world for sure. No doubt. Um, but yeah, this is, well, yeah. I, I mean, I can just dovetail on that a second and circle back to the lacrosse because one of the things that Jason and I wrestled with in conversation, not with our daughter, but just the two of us was how much of this is our expectations. Mm -hmm. Frankly, we love to watch her play. And my, my younger daughter stopped playing club lacrosse as well. She picked up a different sport. She's playing field hockey, which is awesome. Um, and fun to watch when both of them decided to make this change. We're like, Oh, (laughs) bummer. Like those were our best friends who were on the sidelines. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. kind of saying goodbye to like a nine year chapter of our lives, which was spent, you know, hours and hours doing that. So that was a big piece of it. Like what were our expectations and how much of this was about her, them Mm -hmm. really, and us and what we were wanting. And, you know, it was so helpful. We needed the time. We definitely needed the time to go through that and the, and the language to figure it out. Um, Otherwise it just like, it would have put so much pressure on both of the girls Mm. to do something that they didn't really want to do anymore. Um, So yeah, so much, so much to the story, so much to, to our stories, right. That you keep, it's like, you know, I guess an onion is sort of a lame metaphor nowadays, but like just keep peeling things back and recognizing why you're reacting in the way you are. So uh, I love, love, love that we are seriously turning up the volume on integration this spring, Brianne, like (laughs) I say spring, I say spring because I'm doing like fall spring, but it's like literally probably five degrees outside (laughs) my window right now. So it's not even close to spring. (laughs) Right. And even in Maryland, we've had like five snow days in the past, you know, week of school, but, but we are academically minded people where it's fall and spring semester. So that's where spring is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I think, There will be more integration to come. I mean, this idea of coaching others with others, ourselves, um, the parenting piece. I know I've talked in the intro about potentially exploring relationships, friendships, um, you know, love interests and sort of thinking about belonging in all of those aspects. And so, um, yeah, so for folks who if this is the first time you're hearing about coaching, well then darn it first, you better go back and listen to lots more episodes because we have lots <laughs> of coaching on these episodes. So that's the first thing. The second thing is if, if you, if you've heard it before and you're not sure where to start, I think that the best place to start is to practice that pause that Brianne mentioned earlier. Like when you find yourself in a moment, whether it's a meeting, it's making you upset or angry. I'm not even gonna be specific. If you find yourself in a meeting and you're having an emotional reaction or you find yourself with your kids having an emotional reaction, I would, I would challenge you, I would encourage you to pause and ask yourself first, what is this I'm feeling and what might be going on here, right? Like, what are you noticing? And, and just integrating that small practice into your, your sort of day. Don't even say week, just do it, do it for a day. Like put something on your calendar and say, today, I'm going to do this reflective practice and try it for a day. And I 
I'm going to promise, Brianne, I'm going to promise our audience that they're going to see a difference in how they show up that next day. So, um, Brianne, I want to, as always, express my gratitude for you taking the time to come on and for your willingness to be so authentic and sharing your own experiences. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. It's good to be back on the airways with you. Oh, likewise. So much fun to, to prepare and then to chat about these things that we care a lot about. Absolutely. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Kara Burkowski, here with Brianne Roos. And hope you have a great day and be well. Take care. So sincere Under the glaciers Your last year Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.